Christ in their daily lives. Myriads of those who are always running after preachers and crowding to hear special sermons are nothing better than empty tubs and tinkling cymbals without a bit of real vital Christianity at home. It is curious and instructive to observe how history repeats itself and how much sameness there is in the human heart in every age. Even in the early church, many persons were found at church for the great Christian ceremonies, and at the theaters, or even at the temples, for the heathen spectacles. The ritual of the church was viewed as a theatrical spectacle. The sermons were listened to as the display of rhetoricians, and eloquent preachers were cheered with clapping of hands, stamping of feet, waving of handkerchiefs, cries of Orthodox, Thirteenth Apostle, and such-like demonstrations, which such teachers as Chrysostom and Augustine tried to restrain, that they might persuade their flocks to a more profitable manner of hearing. Some went to church for the sermon only, alleging that they could pray at home, and when the more attractive parts of the service were over, the great mass of the people departed without remaining for the Lord's table. The parable of the sower is continually receiving most vivid and painful illustrations. The pathway hearers, the stony ground hearers, the thorny ground hearers abound on every side. The life of many religious persons, I fear, in this age is nothing better than a continual course of spiritual tasting. They are always morbidly craving fresh excitement, and they seem to care little what it is if they only get it. All preaching seems to be the same to them, and they appear unable to see differences so long as they hear what is clever have their ears tickled, and sit in a crowd. Worst of all, there are hundreds of young believers who are so infected with the same love of excitement that they actually think it is a duty to be always seeking it. Insensible almost to themselves, they take up a kind of hysterical, sensational, sentimental Christianity, until they are never content with the old paths, and like the Athenians, are always running after something new. To see a calm-minded young believer who is not stuck up, self-confident, self-conceited, and more ready to teach than learn, but content with a daily steady effort to grow up into Christ's likeness and to do Christ's work quietly and inconspicuously at home, is really becoming almost a rarity. They show how little deep root they have and how little knowledge of their hearts by noise, forwardness, readiness to contradict and set down old Christians, and overweening trust in their own fancied soundness and wisdom. Well will it be for many young professors of this age if they do not end, after being tossed about for a while, and carried to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by joining some petty, narrow-minded, censorious sect, or embracing some senseless, unreasoning heresy. Surely in times like these, there is great need for self-examination. When we look around us, we may well ask, how is it with our souls? In handling this question, I think the shortest plan will be to suggest a list of subjects for self-examination and to get them in order. By so doing, I shall hope to meet the case of everyone into whose hands this volume may fall. I invite every listener of this book to join me in calm, searching self-examination for a few short minutes. I desire to speak to myself as well as to you. I approach you not as an enemy, but as a friend. 
My heart's desire and prayer to God is that you may be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 1 Bear with me if I say things which at first sight look harsh and severe. Believe me, he is your best friend who tells you the most truth. 1. Let me ask in the first place, do we ever think about our souls at all? Thousands of people, I fear, cannot answer that question satisfactorily. They never give the subject of religion any place in their thoughts. From the beginning of the year to the end, they are absorbed in the pursuit of business, pleasure, politics, money, or self-indulgence of some kind or another. Death and judgment and eternity and heaven and hell and a world to come are never calmly looked at and considered. They live on as if they were never going to die or rise again, or stand at the bar of God, or receive an eternal sentence.